So this is from Greatest Hits Volume 1 of the Eagles, which just surpassed Michael Jackson's Thriller as the all-time greatest-selling album. This might be my favorite Eagles song. It's a pretty good tune. What day you ask me? It's a pretty good tune. So they're touring again with Glenn Fry, one of the lead singers who died. His son? Is that what I understand? I didn't even know he had a son. I didn't know his son sang. So there you go. The Eagles are continuing to tour. How did Don Henley and Joe Walsh need any more money? They, they just like to play. I they guess. must like it. Yeah. Why not? It's what they do. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I've always wondered about that with with uh, with people that got gazillions of dollars. I mean, mm-hmm. even if you like it, just the hassle of just having to get on a plane at all or a bus or a hotel or just anything. Yeah. I mean, you got to be doing something, I guess. Maybe. Yeah. Well, it's their normal, I guess. I heard a tape the other day, Elton John singing. What the hell is he working for? <laughs> Still sound great. The band is rounded out by Deacon Fry, who is Glenn's son. Okay. And Vince Gill. And Vince Gill. That's pretty cool. So they're doing the thing. They're going to do maybe kind of thing like the Grateful Dead is doing, where you have John Mayer come in, who's a big Grateful Dead fan, and just take over a role. Yep. You got Vince Gill doing the same thing with the Eagles. Why not? It's different, but it's still great. And he's probably loving it, and one of the fantastic singers. Anyway, uh, we got a text uh, which Eagles singer is your favorite? I'm a Timothy B. Schmidt man. We got that. Text. Wow. So if you want to wow. go deep dive. I don't on... know. Tough guy. I have to think about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Hilarious. Hilarious. Anyway. I could, uh, God, I could go on and on with the uh, classic rock talk, but I won't. Ooh, the local Crackle Barrel is opening today. Somebody just texted. Oh, good for you. I don't know if I have time. That's I'd exciting. sure like a chicken fried steak with gravy, some eggs, hash browns. Your poor arteries. That sounds great. <laughs> You got to hammer down lots of carbs, according to the government. That's the way you get healthy. I went to make Thin. myself a for dinner Saturday night. I went to make myself a sandwich, and it was very hectic at the time. And uh, I'd eaten all the lunch meat, so I ended up just. Ha- I'd already put the mayonnaise on the bread. You had a bread sandwich, so I, I put. Wait a minute. Put a couple of thin slices of cheese on there. Did bread, you have cheese, a marinade sandwich? Mainly. I thought this is a pathetic. This is a pathetic display of. There's no meat in. Things are not going well. Did you uh, at least, uh, you know, fire up a, a pan? Maybe do a grilled cheese. No. With with. Sid? I didn't, oh, I didn't have time for that. But wow, it's pretty see sad. If, see if Sean picks up on this hint. You ought to have more self-respect. <laughs> we were going to play that clip fifty times, and I think we played it three times. <laughs> Al Sharpton, ladies and gentlemen, Al Sharpton. Show some R-E-S-P-I-C-T. There you go. <laughs> to Sigurnoy Weaver. So we ought to play that, what you're referring to, the Sigurnoy. We ought to play one of those. There are a couple out there. They're, they're montages of Al Sharpton flub, flubbing things. Yes. Is he illiterate? I mean, like he can't read? Is that his problem? Mm, I don't know. Or is he just tongue-tied a little bit? Uh, I think Al knows what he knows, if you know what I mean. Then co-author of Hubris, you two lead singer Bono, Siganoi Weaver. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's divided at all. It's not divided at all? Make some friends. 
Make some friends. We're the party of equality. The party of equality? U.S. policy has changed. U.S. policy has changed? Really? 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 And we must two celebrities. Do we, do we do have that our, be? Yeah, do we have our favorite all time? Or whether we have more to go to build a movement of resistance. But resist, we much. We must and we will much about that be committed. <laughs> Practically the Gettysburg Address. Never gets old. Oh, no. Oh, no. By the way, I was thinking about this with the Catholic Church, and I was thinking about Al Sharpton. Uh, you're going to wonder how this would come together. So anytime there's something in the news with the Catholic Church in the United States, and got this horrifying sex abuse thing that's been going on for decades. Um, there are 70 million Catholics in the United States. News shows always put on this guy, Donahue is his last name. Oh, yeah. Who's a representative for something called the Catholic League. The Catholic League has a couple of hundred thousand people. But they all, the, the lazy effing doesn't have any idea what they're doing media always puts him on to speak for the Catholic Church. His little organization, which is a fringe and a fringe uh, uh, viewpoint of the 70 million Catholics, they always have him on to right. talk about it, this Donahue idiot uh, who is standing up for the Catholic Church and you're overreacting and all this sort of crap. And the media, because they're lazy, does that. And he, it remi- I just thought he's the Catholic Al Sharpton. It's the way the lazy effing media goes to Al Sharpton anytime there's any black issue, right. as if Al Sharpton speaks for black people, which he does not. And neither does this Donahue idiot speak for the Catholic Church. Hey, media, find better people to represent the other side of the argument. Put in some effort whatsoever. Al Sharpton is an embarrassment to all races. So in that way, he really does bring us together. Maybe Skillets he, and iced tea. Maybe he's a greater civil rights leader than we realized. Mm, he breaks down all barriers, and we can all realize he's an yeah. idiot. Yeah. Oh, hey, speaking of universally uh, held truths, it was amazing. I touched on this a little bit earlier in the show, but I, I was in uh, beautiful Idaho for a time this weekend. I flew out there to buy a pickup truck. Um, guys would say, oh, like some sort of classic truck. And no, just an old F-150. Because <laughs> it was an excuse for a road trip. But driving back hundreds of miles, hundreds of miles to the West Coast, it was smoky the entire way until I got just outside of Reno, uh, which I think had to do with, you know, wind currents and elevations and the rest. But all of Idaho covered with smoke, hundreds of miles of Oregon. From the fires that are happening in California and Oregon? Uh, Yeah. Plus, you know, they had a handful of lightning fires um, in Idaho, too, and Montana's got some fires, but um, it's mostly the West Coast stuff. But it's just an astounding amount of smoke covering the entire western U.S. Um, And a couple of fire-related notes, I talked to a bunch of people, and it was universally agreed on we have to manage the forests better. And I talked to one guy who's clearly of a liberal bent. And was pretty strong on the global warming thing. And he agreed with the other people I talked to. He said, yeah, I mean, you've got to manage the forests. You can either let them burn or manage them. The idea of doing neither is just suicidal. And that's what I think we finally learned as a person. Um, the other thing, and I didn't get authorization to tell this story on the air, so I'm not going to use any names or anything. But I met a lot of really super nice people in Boise who are big fans of the show. And, you know, it's so funny. I didn't point out the the last time we were talking about this that 
you know, word got around that I was coming to town, and I said, yeah, I'll get together with some beer, uh, with some listeners for some beers, or with some beers for some listeners. And uh, and there were like 30 people there. We're not on in that market. The show doesn't air there. It's uh, transplants from the West Coast, and so how people got turned on to a podcast like and through streaming. Fillings? No, no, no. Jack, have I ever explained the internet to you? <laughs> Uh, so so that was really cool. But one of the folks I talked to, um, great dude, by the way, shout out, brother. Really enjoyed meeting you. He's a, uh, he's a tough man, a big man, a man who served uh, the U.S. in the military, uh, lost his house in the North Bay fires the day his son was born. Oof. As his kid was being born, his house was wow. burning down. Wow. And, you know, for reasons that I'm not going to go into, they decided, you know, we're going we're gonna to start elsewhere. Um. But yeah, just just unbelievable, uh, crazy story. And I know there are a lot of stories like that all over the West. Uh, but we got to be smart about the forest management thing. And God, quit with your your lunatic, extreme environmentalist, uh, you know, ravings. Because and and it's a good example of you know you're talking about the Catholic guy, Catholic League guy. It's really possible to. It's easy to see somebody is on your side. And you think, yeah, they're a little out there, but uh, and you, you follow them down that road and you end up, you know, uh, screwing up or being screwed up or the country's screwed up. And, uh, God, if we could just have sober discussions, calm discussions, that was the other thing that struck me. So you're talking about following uh, like a whack job environmentalist down that road? Yeah, too exactly. Far? Okay. They, well, for decades, a lot of environmental policy was based on the ravings of people who don't think ahead. They're, they're, they're zealots. They're nuts. They think any tree cut down is a tragedy. Okay, all right. But if you're not going to let forest fires burn, and we can't, you got to manage the forest. A lot of those people would say, no, let the houses burn down. Let the people die. They shouldn't be invading the forest. You know, that's an interesting point of view, but it's far from the majority point of view, and so we're not listening to you anymore. It was amazing how widespread the agreement was on well, that point. The, if, hmm. That point, that's that, that, that... Your Earth Firsters, your yeah. Elfers. Well, that's that, that chunk of people that feel like the world would be better if there weren't people. Right. Which is a weird thing philosophically. <laughs> Who would it be better for? The squirrels and the trees. Okay. Yeah. So you're putting them on equal footing with the human beings, and since they have no consciousness, they don't know. Well, they have consciousness if you're a squirrel. But they don't have any. They don't have a big picture view of things. They got squirrel um, consciousness. <laughs> it's it's a lot more nut oriented <laughs> than yours or mine. Anyway, anyway. Uh, so uh, listen. Speaking of that sort of thing, read a really interesting piece. I'm not sure we have time this hour, but the psychological value of the self hating white thing, white bashing, and um. That sounds like a good topic. We should make that our big tease for tomorrow. I like that topic. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's really interesting. It's become a way for high-status whites to differentiate themselves from low-status whites. That's what I am. (laughs) Um, Interesting. You're medium status. Shaming is out at a local school district. Shaming is out when it comes to the dress code. Big change in dress codes to start the school year, you might want to know about, depending on what school you go to. Need more shaming, not less. Well, this is pretty interesting. Oh, hey, this yet another Glenn Fry song from the early years of the Eagles. Reminds me of one of my favorite Eagles stories. Somebody asked Glenn Fry, why in the later years did 
Don Henley sings so many of the songs. And uh, Glenn Fry said, if you had Don Henley in your band, wouldn't you let him sing the songs? So, great, great singer-songwriter like Glenn Fry was that, uh, that down-to-earth about it, which I thought was cool. This is a cool song. Uh, number one selling album of all time now. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the of nation. Of the nation. So this is the greatest selling album of all time now. It surpassed Thriller by Michael Jackson. I hate this song. If I could buy a version that didn't have an album that didn't have this ver- this oh, song on it. She's a woman, but she's witchy. I always hated this song. It's not one of my favorites. You know, my other favorite uh, Eagle story is um, Glenn Johns, the guy who produced their first few albums. Didn't we interview him? Yeah, we did. Yeah, he had a really interesting book, if you're into the music. I think it was called Sound Man. But he, uh, a guy a guy in the record industry said, hey, you got to check out this band, The Eagles. And he went to see him in a club, and he thought, there's kind of an average R&B band. They played a whole set and everything. He thought, nah, what's it? So he went home. He said, no, thanks. And then his buddy called him back. He said, oh, you got to come back. You got to try it again. So he got him studio time. And they were in the studio. They ran through a bunch of stuff. And Glenn Johns, who's, who worked with everybody, is like, I'm sorry, this is just not really a band I have any interest in working with. And so they tried a bunch of stuff. They decided to break for lunch or dinner, whatever it was. And uh, one of the guys, it might have been Tim Schmidt, said, no, it wouldn't have been Tim Schmidt at that point. It would have been Randy Meisner, said, hey, why don't we, uh, let's do this. And for the first time, for the first time, they sang one of those songs where they all harmonized together. And Glenn John said essentially, holy F! And he so, said it was magical. So, they didn't know what made them special. Wow, that's Isn't interesting. that interesting? That is. Yeah. There's a video on YouTube of them doing that backstage that I've always really liked. Yeah, Seven Bridges Road, is it? Yeah. Or, yeah. 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 It's miraculous. And I've always, ever since I read that story, I thought, how does that work? You need somebody to point out, or oh, some of us do, you know, with all due respect to your, your juggling act. Um <laughs> You seem to be a great writer, or people just want to be around you if you ever considered sales or something like that. Huh. I just thought that was interesting. Yeah. So uh, Alameda School District, which is in the uh, Bay Area of California, wherever you are listening. For this upcoming school year, tube tops, tight pants, ripped jeans, short skirts, and even pajamas are now acceptable attire. Oh, Yeah. Under a new rock, dress rock, code. rock and roll high school. Again, that's tube tops. Ooh, no, that's too sexy. I agree. The tube top is. I agree. No, but tight pants. Uh, how are you measuring the tightness of pants? With a micrometer. <laughs> I, I, I that that seems a little over the top. Ripped jeans. Well, how ripped? There's a picture here. I mean, well, look at this girl's jeans. I mean, that's, doesn't that seem crazy to you? Yeah, that's pretty sex potty. I don't like the sexualization of children, but they're sexualizing themselves, I realize. You know... The, I don't want to sound like the Taliban either. Is <laughs> high school or... Yeah. High school? Okay. I'm sorry, you do or you don't. <laughs> I, are you on to the Texas principal story? No. The guy's suspended after making a sexist 
dress code video encouraging female students not to wear super short athletic shorts like long shirts and tiny shorts and and they made a video a funny video to welcome the kids back to school but because it showed girls only it was deemed sexist and he was suspended and this one girl who, who was a high school girl who got this thing started, today my school was shown this video. So sad how only girls are shown as the violators. I understand why my school has a dress code, but what about the boys who wear shorts or show their shoulders? It's 2018. Why are we still over-sexualizing teen girls? Which is a beautiful example of knowledge without wisdom. The reason is because of the sexual responses of homo sapiens. Young men who are so sexually charged you can't even believe it as a young woman are are designed by God, nature, whatever, to respond to visual, visual cues in a way you're not. So the precisely the same thing is very different for the sexes. Plus, boys you can't might. get pregnant. Boys get <laughs> raped like never by high school girls. The over-sexualization of a classroom is going to be mostly male to female because of the way this species, like every animal species on Earth has peculiarities, that's the way the species is made. Uh, I appreciate your activism and you seem like a bright young woman. You use the, all your punctuation well, which I appreciate as a national grammar socialist. But that is just a stupid thing to say yeah yeah i know it's in hard. that way that modern ideology you know, ideology is so stupid yes it's a double standard well, for good reason i'm glad you brought that up because that's the way they're looking at it in texas because they're going completely the other direction in the bay area of california not surprisingly for the reasons that child pointed out well, it's not gen- fair to judge one girls differently than boys okay well you know i don't know what it's like to be a girl yet hmm uh, I don't know what it's like to be a girl, but I'm thinking that if you're a 17-year-old girl, a 17-year-old boy in a tank top, his shoulders are dreamy and alluring, not in the same way that it is in the reverse, where you're just like, it makes you insane. Right. Um, Bare shoulders for a teenage boy. He's a handsome guy. Maybe you think, wow, that'd be great, but not that sort of burning. Just You can't concentrate on anything. Sexual desire. So anyway, tube tops... And that's not a social effing construct either. That's the animal behaving the way it was designed. Tube tops, tight pants, ripped jeans, short skirts. Now acceptable. Uh, Heads covered by hoodies are allowed as long as you can see your face. Yoga pants are fine. Uh, Underwear peeking out of the top. Your waistband's all fine. Students will now have nearly unfettered freedom to wear almost whatever they want as long as they have a top-bottom shoes and clothing that covers their genitals. Now that's a standard. <laughs> that's that is what beasts should be doing, or at least the human beast. Yeah, I don't. I don't make squirrels do it, but back to squirrels. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> Not since your failed experiments. <laughs> The squirrels did not take to it well. I got bit so many times trying to get the pants on those squirrels. Your squirrel pants GoFundMe page is (laughs) underfunded. I got more on this. I I don't know. I know you you sound like a prude or the Taliban, but I know I don't. I don't have girls, but I don't want my 16-year-old wearing the tube top and the tiny and the underwear shorts to school. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Al Rudy Giuliani debating truth on Meet the Press. San Francisco's restaurants facing cyber extortion. And Netflix has added something new, and fans are concerned. I was born-
So truth is truth. we got to revisit that if you haven't heard it from Giuliani. Truth it's either, is not truth. It's either horrifying or, or nothing. So like a lot of stuff in the news these days. Uh, you're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. got the stiff arm from CNN. She was uh, omnipresent on uh, NBC properties. But CNN, for whatever reason, they they haven't commented on is she banned or whatever, but she didn't show up there. Interesting. Don Lemon was offered one of the first cable interviews in past. Um, it says here, Jake Tapper had, him, had her booked, but then canceled it. And she has not shown up on CNN. Too embarrassing for CNN. She did every show on MSNBC, some, some of them multiple times yep. last week. Yeah. And not on CNN at all. That's kind of interesting. I wonder why. Did she feel like she had no credibility? Or they hate her? Maybe they just hate her. Well, she has no credibility. True. That's, that's a good point. Uh, let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, President Donald Trump's attorney, Rudy Giuliani, was on the talk shows over the weekend arguing on NBC's Meet the Press that having Trump sit for an interview with Mueller's investigatory team, which they've been trying to negotiate, having him do for months, wouldn't really accomplish much because witnesses are saying different things. And what I have to tell you is, look, I'm not going to be rushed into having him testify so that he gets trapped into perjury. And when you tell me that, you know, he should testify because he's going to tell the truth and he shouldn't worry, well, that's so silly because it's somebody's version of the truth, not the truth. He didn't have a, a conversation truth is about... Truth is truth. I don't mean to go like... I, no, I it isn't truth. Truth isn't truth. The President of the United States says, I didn't... Truth isn't I, truth. Mr. Mayor, do you realize what... I, I, I No, I, no, I, no. This no, is going to become I, a what, bad don't, 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 do, don't, do, don't do this to me. Rudy. Oh, boy. You know, I... Completely get what Rudy is trying to say. I mean, it's obvious. A, I think it's obvious what he's trying to say. It's what perjury is. Well, right, but don't have a blathering old man as your spokesman on all the shows. With all due respect, the only way that he can be described as doing a good job is if his job is to actually just be a human smoke bomb. Like he's which not, could be. He's yeah. not clearing up any sort of you know cases are making things oh okay that so that's what's going on in the trump he's muddying the waters well, every time he makes an appearance i do think that is his job two people can have different memories different versions of events etc both of them swearing under oath and if you want to convict the uh, go in wanting to bust somebody for perjury and you get somebody else telling a different version of the story right well then who what is the truth the truth isn't necessarily the truth it's whatever truth the court decides to to believe. And so that's the point he was trying to make. And, you know, he just didn't make it very well. And Chuck Todd knew he had a meme on his hands, so he had to make a big right. deal of it. And he did. And this is the headline. <laughs> oh, it isn't truth. Truth isn't truth. There you go. Truth isn't truth. Pennsylvania's top law enforcement official said he hopes the state's Roman Catholic leaders will, quote, cease their denials and deflections about that grand jury report into sexual abuse of children by priests following a letter to the faithful from Pope Francis condemning the attacks and efforts to cover them up. See, the, the first person in the Catholic Church, priest, bishop, or whoever, who sounds truly upset about this will be the first one I've heard in 20 years of following this story. I, I haven't heard anybody who's really upset. I want you to... And I, not just acting, because that doesn't... And, and and being upset doesn't fix things. But how are these people not 
as bothered as I am or anybody else I know who's heard about this story. I'm going to find you that one letter from a bishop that was so great. He said exactly the same, the right tone. Yeah. He ought to be the only guy talking about this stuff. God, the, the, the people that go on TV or whatever and they get interviewed, it's uh, it's disappointing. We, we can't have that and we need to work harder. Quit sounding like a flack, a PR flack for a company, and start sounding like a person who's horrified that children are being raped. Yeah, people did not get poisoned at your, like, food poisoning at your bake sale. This yeah. is the systematic cover-up of the molestation of children. It's... Be upset for crying out loud. Yeah, the Attorney General Josh Shapiro's office ran the investigation, and Shapiro is saying the letter the Pope sent out today acknowledges the painful truth, but he goes on to say, church leaders should support the recommendations that include expanding the state's statute of limitations. See, that's the wrong way to go about it. We're going to have all kinds of problems if we if we start letting people come forward decades later with charges and nobody remembers or was there to prove anything one way or another yeah and then you get the political wind blowing one way and all kinds and that's just that's the wrong answer you know if for instance i as a guy who certainly has never engaged in anything like that in my life <clears throat> were to be accused of something like that and they said i mean you know i've been an adult for quite some time now if they were to go back to like uh, you know 1986 and say, you know, I remember specifically Joe Getty, blah, blah, it was June the uh, the 12th and blah, blah, blah. And they asked me, I'd say, I don't know. I have no idea. I have no memory of that. I have no memory of any of it. I have no memory of that person. I think I was in that place, but I don't know. I mean, what kind of defense is that? Right. Yeah. Right. I've never done anything like that. That's the only thing I could say. So, uh, well, they say that you met them at the Dairy Queen. Is there even a Dairy Queen in that town? I don't know. I understand what people are trying to do, though. They, you, yeah, you absolutely. Want to, you want to expand the statute of limitations so you could actually send priests to jail so maybe they'd do something about it. The statute of limitations extending them is a bad idea for the reasons Joe just explained. So what do you do to go after a non-for-profit business? I mean, the point has been made if you, you know, these lawsuits that cost millions of dollars... Does that make the church change any, or does that just stop as much money that's going to go to schools or hungry people or whatever you know you donated money to the Catholic Church for? So I'm not sure that does anything. I think the only thing that would have an effect on the Catholic Church is if people stopped showing up. And that's, and, a, and that's a hell of a thing to do. We got a great email from a devout Catholic who will not donate any more money anymore. And wow. uh, that was a good sentence. And urges other Catholics to do the same. Yeah. That's that's a tough one. San Francisco restaurants under the threat of cyber extortion. The DA's office issuing a warning to restaurant owners that extortionists are now sending emails threatening to spread negative information about them if they don't pay an unspecified sum. The Chronicle said one restaurant got an email with the subject line reputation that threatened to share photos of hair and insects in its food. So get your DA, George Gascon. Huh, what are you more bothered by? A fly or hair? Another person's hair. The hair. The hair's grosser. The fly ain't great. No, no, it's no, it's, <laughs> no, it's, it's no raisinette. Fly's probably more likely to get you sick. You think? Because it's been landing yeah. on poop? Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, that reminds me. Yeah. Depends yeah, on the person's that, hair. Yeah, no, I, my uh, wife's hair? sick enough. Probably going to be okay. That guy over there on the corner yelling at the street hardener, his hair might not be well, so great. he shouldn't be in the kitchen. You know, and probably right. <laughs> Obviously, true. we're talking about head hair here. Let's let's make that yes. clear. Uh, Judy texted me. God, it was funny. 
She uh, went to the wild compound in the woods with Baxter as I was uh, exploring the wilds of Idaho. And uh, let me f- see if I can find that text. Uh, oh, uh, she says, spider crawling on me. Yuck. It's crawling on her head as she went and in, got into bed. I said, Ack. She said, you're right, Ack. And a bunch of angry faces. I said, we haven't been there for a while. She said, still, there are boundaries and spiders should know them. <laughs> Crawling on your head, for instance. So I heard this oh, the other day, boy. speaking of spiders. Yeah. Do we have time for yeah. this? I don't know. I haven't verified this by looking it up on the internet. I heard it's a, another erected Monday. I heard a guy giving a speech said, in a in a in a acre, a square acre, there are a million spiders on average in the United States. In like more jungly sorts of places, it's two million spiders per I acre. I believe that. And you are never in your life on planet Earth more than ten feet from a spider. There's, in other words, there's always a spider within ten feet of you. Wow. Always, even in the Arctic. There are so many spiders. Wow. Of different kinds and sizes. Wow. Ice spiders. Yes. Wow. Yes. Yikes. A polar <laughs> spider. And they're white, so you can't see them. Exactly. Oh, translucent spiders yes. oog me out more than anything. I don't like hairy spiders, but the ones you can see through them. Ooh. Oh. There you go. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. According to the very first Google results, about a million spiders per acre of land on Earth. That's uh, a lot of spiders, man. Yeah, in the tropics, it can be closer to three million. That's incredible. Yeah. Boy. Note to self, stay out of the tropics. And you know how often they crawl in your ears and leave uh, lay worms in there? Yes. What? Eggs. About one out of five people that happens to. They lay eggs in your ears while you're asleep. Yeah. Keep them thinking of that while you're taking your nap to you. Huh? Yeah, right. <laughs> Take them a nap. I get some more quotes from this school dress code thing. It's just a major change from certainly when I was in school. Yeah, yeah, you know, I have. Well, you had daughters in school, so you should know all about this. I'll express a strong opinion. (laughs) Stay tuned. It's the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Australia, home of every animal that seems like it should already be extinct. How is the platypus still alive? It looks like something Fred Flintstone would have used as a Swiss army knife. (laughs) How about Perry the platypus, who's secretly a spy in Phineas and Ferb? Yeah. Very entertaining. Clever beast. (laughs) They got poisonous thumbs or something like that. So, a little more on this school dress code thing they're doing in uh, the Bay Area. I'm not trying to be all... What's wrong with America? I'm outraged or whatever, but I just think this is interesting. Um, and, and somebody makes a point at some point, we're going to leave up to parents or guardians of children to decide how their kids should dress. Yeah. I like the sound of that. You're not angling to become the preacher of the footloose town of any of this? <laughs> not banning dancing <laughs> right. for that hotly anticipated third remake. The only reason I think this is interesting is I, is what Joe was just talking about. They're denying the reality of the differences between men and women and I don't think that's healthy. Um, and no, so it's delusional. They're, they're, Delusions are not good. And these new guidelines, well, basically, they're throwing out all the guidelines for how girls can dress in school. And so you can wear tube, top, tube tops or, 
you know, midriff bearing shirt. Shirts are super short shorts, or you can do what all this stuff you want. And the idea is, and this came from the Oregon chapter of Now, the National Organization for Women. They think girls were being shamed when they were called out of class and said, "You can't wear that. You got to put something different on," and that that's unfair. And that the girls articulated that they feel like the message they're getting is that their bodies matter more than their education. They do in terms of stimulating sexual and that other people's precisely correct and that other people's sexual thoughts are being impressed on girls who are just trying to wear shorts and go do math. Well, you see, that's the whole there's something wrong with men for having sexual thoughts and you should stop having sexual thoughts. I don't care how provocatively and sexy that person is dressed. You should not be having sexual thoughts. If you are, there is something wrong with you. And I just think that denies biology. Yeah. Yeah. Reminds me, you know what you ought to do? You ought to, and listen, I understand that man is theoretically a higher beast. But why don't you go to the zoo and screech at the swans and tell them, quit flapping your wings like that. That's your mating. That's your sexual response. That's your mating ritual. Stop it. You do the have point to... is you're, just, you're trying to have a, a place where people can learn. And you got a bunch of teenagers crazed with hormones and desire and lack of self-control. You're just trying to tamp that down a little bit. It's not easy teaching teenagers. Yeah, I don't know. I just think it's odd that they they think that, you know, there's something wrong with boys for having these sexual thoughts, and they need to stop having that. Well, good uh, luck. Yeah, good luck with that. There's nothing wrong with the the girls. There's nothing wrong with you for wanting to wear shorts. Guys, you have those thoughts. But I do, like, I understand the, 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 the animalistic instinct, but a lot of what separates man from the other beasts is our ability to identify and kind of work beyond that. There was a time in, 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 human's history where it was very much in the in our dna when i saw a pretty lady i hit her over the head with a club and i take her back to the cave <laughs> we have ascended past that i feel like this is just another mark on that journey toward uh, being asexual creatures no, show wrong. some r-e-s-p-i-c-t the yes. reason porn is so popular with guys is because we're so visually stimulated it puts us in full-on sex mode why would you want to put teenagers in sex mode? Teenage boys in sex mode. They're already there, I think. No, think? come on, Sean. You really don't come think on. you are like more distracted or bothered by a, ch- by a girl who's dressed super sexy as opposed to it's, not having to think about it at all? It certainly was distracting, but I think the answer is to learn to overcome that distraction. As a 16-year-old boy, yes. I think you're stoned. Well, what's the upside? That's no, what I don't get. after high school. What's, <laughs> what's the upside, though, for me having to control my urges as opposed to you, you go over and wear pants so for, I don't have to think about it? For the unfair argument side, you don't have to have women's in burkas to, to <laughs> tramp down the men's. Right? Like, it, like there's the balance there I'm, somewhere. I'm willing to start somewhere, stop somewhere short of burkas, no doubt. And I, and I don't want high schoolers in bikinis either. I say final, you say thoughts. Final. Final. That's my favorite one. Keep in mind that if you can think of it, there is porn of it. So there is a site. Where women remove burkas and they're in bikinis. Here's your host, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody. Hey, wrap up the show and in style. Michelangelo, your final thought? I'll be quick here. Just happy anniversary to my mom and dad. 46 years. Congratulations. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. Uh, That's longer than I've been alive. Yeah. (laughs) Very, very funny. Well, it's because you're a non-bastard. Marsha Phillips, your final thought? Oh, 
boy. I bought a tent over the weekend, so this week I'm going to try and set it up for the first time. Hopefully it will not sit on the living room rug for two years like my unassembled table did. Okay, hmm. the average modern tent takes roughly eight minutes to set up, so it'll be, it'll be fun to monitor this. All right. <laughs> Positive, Sean, your final thought. The University of Akron is phasing out 80-degree programs, about 20% of what it offers now in an effort to save money over the next several years, but it's opening up an eSports kind of division where they will have a, a varsity club and recreational gaming center. Wow. Jack, do you have a final thought for us? I did change my tire uh, last weekend, oh, or yeah. uh, Friday in the parking lot. 20 minutes total. I'll tell you what takes the most time in the modern world, though, is getting the jack and the tire out. The way they tuck it up under there and everything like that. Oh, yeah. But changing the tire, that's like a five-minute job. you got to be an acrobat. It's getting the tire yeah. out that's the hard part. And like a circus strongman, <laughs> last time I tried to do it. My final thought is uh, shout out to uh, everybody in the Boise, Idaho area who I met over the weekend. Uh, really great time. Thanks a million. Uh, I forgot. I will tweet and post on the website the super cool Idaho on its side with a trigger shooting a pine tree hat that uh, I was given as a gift because that really speaks to me. What does that mean? Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. Please don't mess with Idaho. We'll shoot you full of pine cones or something. So many people who thank so little time, go to armstrongandgetty.com. You can email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. See you tomorrow. God bless America. This is a historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over! The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. And we apologize for our stupidity. And we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you, and good night. Because the show's over. What? Bye-bye. Show some R-E-S-P-I-C-T. Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.